Yeah, this is a radio program called The Official Tapes. This is where we get into the official releases from The Grateful Dead, uh, the most recorded rock and roll band in history. And uh, some of these recordings have been officially released, and that's when the radio program comes in. And sometimes we take a little short, strange trip, and we catch up with people who is uh, heavily involved in the wonderful world of The Grateful Dead. A name that has popped up, you might find this uh, album in some hardcore Grateful Dead fans' uh, uh record collection it's uh those who know history are doomed to repeat it it's from henry kaiser came out in the late 80s and on there there's some really cool experimental trippy uh covers uh grateful dead songs and now henry kaiser he's got a new album out hey i'm guitarist improviser henry kaiser and i just made an album with my pal rome yamilov called the lenore investigation where we take a look at the music of the late Chicago bluesman J.B. Lenore, who died in 1967. And we take kind of a curious look, a curious investigation where we play his songs in styles other than Chicago blues and, and have also a good framework to do a lot of psychedelic guitar solos. And his partner in crime, or uh, maybe his partner in this investigation. Hi, my name is Rome Yamilov, and I'm a guitar player that lives in the Bay Area, California. And I was born originally in Russia, but I came here when I was just a young kid, around seven years old. So I've grown up here and grew up on rock and roll and blues and a lot of good music. Got to record this cool record with Henry Kaiser called The Lenore Investigation. I've been making music on my own for almost 10 years or so. And I've been on other people's records recently, but this is the first time any real label's putting something out under my own name. So it is kind of a milestone. It's exciting. This all kind of happened randomly a little through uh, Jim Pugh, the label owner for Little Village Foundation. During the pandemic, he called me out of nowhere and was just like, hey, you want to make a record? And I said, yes, of course. And then his next question was, you want to make a record with Henry Kaiser? And I kind of was vaguely aware of, I, I knew Henry Kaiser was, but I wasn't, I didn't know him before, wasn't super familiar, so... It was a very spontaneous thing, and I'm glad it happened. I think I said it first. Um, because it was, it's nobody's done a tribute to J.B. Lenore album, so that makes it a novel thing, and then you feel like you're investigating something new. And it's also, we wanted to make something that the label could actually sell, uh, so that was uh, something that would that would work. It has some some commercial viability in a blues rock environment of sales. You know, in 19, when I was in college, I bought a two LP set that came out of chess of, of kind of greatest hits of J.B. Lenore. J.B. made a lot of singles. That's what he did in Chicago. He did not make any albums in Chicago. So this was put out quite, you know, a, a few, five or six, seven years after his death. And that's how I learned about J.B. Lenore. And it had some notes. So then he was just somebody I knew about. Um, in Europe, he made some acoustic rec blues recordings, kind of about three albums worth 
depending on how you count it. And um, that was remarkable stuff, but that wasn't stuff that anybody in Chicago ever heard because it wasn't things you do in the Chicago Blues Club, which is where J.B. Lenore played. And I'm sure didn't travel much out of the Chicago area to play. Before Chicago, he lived in New Orleans, and he originally came from Mississippi, where he's buried today. One thing is the breadth of J.B. Lenore's songwriting in the context of Chicago blues, because he's writing fairly strong songs about racial justice, stronger than than, than I'm a man or something like that. And um, he's also writing anti-war songs about the Vietnam War and the Korean War, and some which had been banned a few times. So I think he was courageous in stepping outside of the usual romantic feel so bad or I'd like that little girl or whatever type uh, lyrics we often see in Chicago blues and he was a very thoughtful guy and from what evidence there is on film he was a terrific performer well all that what Henry said but I think also what makes JB kind of interesting is on the flip side of him sometimes getting more serious than his contemporaries and doing the political social stuff he was also, I feel like, very often much more playful than the other guys and would do these kind of like, I feel so good or something like that, where it's almost like very, very happy, laid back kind of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily hear from Howling Bull for Muddy Waters or somebody. You know, there's a if you look on YouTube, there's a, quite a few videos of him that were made by a, a couple. 16 millimeter videos of him being interviewed and talking and playing. And you can really see his personality shining through. You know, if JB wasn't somebody that you could see films of like you could see films normally of of Howlin' Wolf or Muddy Waters or BB King. But there is there are these documents of him which are on YouTube and there's a part of a film that Vin Vendors made goes over that material too. So he, he is something that you can find out stuff about, but nobody's written a book about him and there's a lot of mysteries. I've been trying to find his four children and any grandchildren so we can send them copies of the CD and I have not been able to find them. For the song selection, it was kind of once we had the idea of making a crazy guitar record and doing kind of psychedelic jams, we tried to think of a theme and we went with JB. So literally, Henry and I both brainstormed different a list of songs we'd like to cover that we like from him and could be done. And then we had the idea to do it in different styles. So we also brainstormed what kind of styles and themes we could do and then try to mix and match what would fit, what wouldn't fit, who could do what. And then when we went in the studio, the band that we were playing with, Jim Pugh, June Kaur, Kid Anderson, Aki Kumar, those are people that uh, Rome plays with regularly and they all play with each other regularly. And they're more or less telepathic musically with each other. So it's very easy for them to create together, not just to play things they've learned, but to create together. The regular band I played, I played Aki Kumar's band, the harmonica player on this album. And it's kind of like a weird fusion of Indian music and Chicago blues that we call Bollywood blues. So we've also, in this group, have already gotten some experience of playing weird stuff or not the most traditional blues things and still gelling and making it work. 
and then I was able to sort of surf along that wave of creativity of theirs and, you know, try to set off some fireworks from the top of the surfboard uh, as we went along. So we did not rehearse. We just went into the studio and uh, we'd say, okay, what song should we do next? And we'd maybe, maybe run it down and then just play it and record it. So the whole album's kind of made in two half-day sessions. So it's basically just one day of recording. We'll work out the basics before we play. So we kind of, I mean, before we went in the studio, Henry and I had ideas of who's going to sing on what and kind of how to structure it a little. And then in the studio, yeah, it's also the way these guys are used to working and the way Ken Anderson works at Grease Night Studios often is that you kind of almost do like old school head arrangements. So you very quickly figure out, okay, this is how the structure is. You know, we do two verses, then this person takes a solo, then another verse, then this person takes a solo. And then, yeah, once, you, once you're once you in it, then you're kind of hoping everything goes well and you get yeah, body language or just kind of the, the vibe of the music. And like Henry said, with these guys that play together a lot and I get to play with them a lot, it made it a lot easier. that I got to have the most fun on and kind of do the mo- most of my own thing is um, God's Word, just because my favorite kind of stuff is always the super-duper psychedelic spacey thing. And that we kind of went for, like, the maggot brain kind of extra psyched-out uh, funkadelic space. try to make it as far out as possible with the vocals and the effects and all the guitar playing and all the the playing. My Little Pet is the song called Round and Round, which is almost like a children's song that, that JB wrote and recorded on a on a German label acoustically. And I've always loved it. And then I was thinking about it say, oh, we have to do Round and Round. And I thought, you know, it sounds like he's describing a type of obscure dance from Madagascar called the Bowagi, which, you know, probably 10 people in the United States know what that is and probably five percent of the people in madagascar know what that is but i happen to know what it was and i've always been captivated by it it's a partner dance where people go round and round and up and down uh which is what the jb lyric said so i said let's do it as a madagascar bawaji and i'm the giant 
fan and student of Madagascar music. And so uh, I presented the Bewegi, how it works to the guys. And we cut the basic track and we asked Kate Anderson's wife, Lisa, to do the vocal after we'd recorded it. And it is actually... I've showed it to people from Madagascar, like, how could you do a baweji, fazaha, which is their word for stranger or foreigner. Fazaha cannot possibly play baweji. How did you do that? Um, and somehow we did that. do more shows of, uh, right now with the whole current situation of touring and performing because of COVID, it's a little shaky and uncertain. So that's one thing. And we're kind of hoping to get more on the line. There wasn't any talk initially we'll be, just because it's just coming out. We hadn't really thought so far ahead about another record or sequels. But now that we've been doing some interviews, it's been coming up and we're starting to get ideas. So it's very likely, I think. Now, baby, don't be jealous when I come to town. I have a YouTube page and there might be somewhere else you can find it where during the pandemic, I started just making a bunch of videos of me playing acoustic guitar at home so I don't go crazy. And because people on Facebook, originally I just posted it on Facebook for all my fans and friends and people liked it enough that I started putting it online and I've had a few that actually get some attention. But it's just me doing mainly guitar instrumentals and all sorts of blues and classical or folk or Chet Atkins, that kind of thing. And me, for a similar reason to keep going crazy during the pandemic because I'm not playing live, I, I have a, on the Cuneiform Records YouTube page, C-U-N-E-I-F-O-R-M, Cuneiform Records YouTube page, for the first year of the pandemic, I did a weekly video show with myself playing and myself playing with a lot of other people, archival videos, new things, and then I've been doing that once a month uh, for the last 14 or 15 months, and uh, they're pretty elaborate shows. There's There's a couple with Rome in them, and um, they're long. Sometimes they're an hour, hour and a half long. Uh, they're fun. And also, we the guy, other guys in the band, um, Kid has his Greaseland Live show on uh, YouTube where he has live stuff in the studio that's quite well produced and quite entertaining. So we're all there to entertain you on YouTube, folks, for free, for free. Round and round and up and down. A brand new dance that just hit this town. 